welcome to Moms on the Rise Now podcast with Cassie Burgos. Um, I'm actually currently hiding in my closet from the kids and the dogs. I had everything set up downstairs in the living room at my desk with every intention of getting everybody out of the house so I could record, but that's never going to happen. Um, unrealistic expectations. That's kind of part of the problem when you're a mom, right? So a little bit about me, um, what inspired me to start this podcast was all the other moms in my life. Um, I have three kids. My son is almost 13. My daughter is seven and my youngest daughter is four. Some of you already know this about me, but when I had my four-year-old daughter, Adeline, I experienced postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, panic attacks. Um, eventually it led me to have tendencies of a hypochondriac. Um, I was convinced that I had a terminal illness. I was always calling the doctor. I was self-diagnosing. I was on Google all the time researching all of my symptoms and something you should know is if you go out looking for an illness, you're going to find it, especially on Google. Um, sadly, I think a lot of the things that we associate with, you know, um, illness or some kind of disease, even cancer, a lot of those things show up through anxiety and panic attacks. And that sounds crazy to people who maybe have never experienced it. But it is something I went through and something a lot of other mothers went through. Um, and it's a pretty scary thing. So a lot of why I wanted to start this podcast was to normalize those issues for moms, um, normalize feelings of guilt, uh, mom guilt, mom shame. Um, I think the expectations on us are utterly unrealistic. Working moms who are working 40 hours a week are expected to show up the same way a stay-at-home mom is. We hear people saying that stay-at-home moms don't have a job to do or just sit around doing nothing all day. And I'm here to tell you that that's absolutely incorrect. I think being a stay-at-home mom was the hardest thing I've ever had to do, which is why I am no longer doing it. Um, but truly, being a stay-at-home mother is the hardest job in the entire world. It's definitely not for me, but I am blessed to know so many moms who devote and dedicate their entire lives to their children and husbands, and I really look forward to getting them onto the podcast to talk with us um, and tell them how they tell us how they cope with that because it's not easy. And for me personally, I did not cope with that well. Um, so that inspired me. You know, the postpartum depression hit me really hard. I think the media portrays postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety as a disease um, commonly known more for moms who want to kill their children. And I'm here to say that's, you know, on the far side of the spectrum, I think that's a severe case of postpartum depression. Just because you don't feel like harming your children does not mean you don't have postpartum depression. So I'm excited to share my own personal journey of postpartum depression and what that looks like and to explain the symptoms, also to give some knowledge about how to battle it and what you can do. I think that 
There is no one right way to do it. I think for some of us, we have to do therapy and medication and group classes, and we have to get a lot of extra help. I think that other people manage it quite differently. Um, and I'm excited to have more moms on here to kind of explain how they have coped and how they've dealt with it. There's, like I said, there's no one right answer. And for any mom who's struggling with postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, panic attacks, please just know you're not alone. I think the biggest blessing of me having postpartum depression was the fact that so many other moms had it. And as soon as I opened my mouth and started talking about it and admitting it, not only to myself, but to the people around me, I just attracted so many other moms who were having the same struggles. And we created this mom tribe, this mom bond, this these friendships. I mean, it was just the most incredible journey of my life. And these women are lifelong friends. These women are people I have sat and cried with, that I've shared everything with, and never, ever did I feel a speck of judgment. It's just been pure love. Because when you are honest and real with people about how you feel and where you're at, you would be surprised at how many other people feel the exact same way. So, um, I think that first I'm going to go into my background a little bit and tell you who I am so that you know who this person is speaking to you about all these mom issues and postpartum depression. I feel like I have a pretty good resume of experience, um, different experience. So I met my husband, Bobby, when we were 19 years old. My husband had a son who was two. And when I met Bobby, I instantly fell in love. And I honestly had no clue what it meant that he was a father. Um, His son was born when he was 17 years old. He was still in high school. Um, His son and his son's mother was at his high school graduation. Very young, obviously very inexperienced. And by the time I met him, he had gone through a lot in that situation. Um, So it was hard. You know, we met. I didn't know how to support him as a father because really I was 19 years old. I was hanging out with my friends. I was doing my thing. I was in school. I was working. I didn't, I mean, if I'm being completely honest, I didn't really want to be part of that part of his life. Um, and I knew that wasn't right. You know, I, I knew that I had to be all in and support him as a father and take that on or I couldn't be with him. And I also had a lot of my own traumas and problems that I was struggling with at the time. So I was not in the right mindset to be a motherly figure or anything like that to this precious child. I just wasn't. Um, and looking back now, I'm I'm so sad for how I handled it. I, I wish I would have understood everything better then, but I didn't. And I made a lot of mistakes. So fast forward. I like to fast forward this part. My husband doesn't. <laughs> um, I broke up with my husband twice. I think that we were together maybe six months the first time, uh, maybe four months the second time. And for the third time, I went back to my husband and said I was sorry, whatever, pretty much begged him to give me another shot after I broke his heart twice, which he did. 
And five months later, we were married. Um, at that point, I was really on a search to find myself and to find healing from my past, which I'll go into in um, a later episode, just kind of about my childhood and my past traumas. Um, so we got married. And at that point, I, in my heart, obviously, 100% fully accepted the responsibility of being a stepmom um, to my son, who was four at that time. And also I had an understanding of acceptance of his mother. And that was a whole other battle. Um, as of now, we're on great terms and we worked really, really hard for that. And it was never easy. But my son's mom and I are close and have battled a lot together, shed a lot of tears together, made a lot of mistakes together. But I think her and I are both proud of where we got. And um, and I'm so thankful that I get to be part of my son's life. He has been my first experience as a mother. I never really liked to use the term stepmother. I just call myself mom. I was really blessed that I was in my son's life when he was really young because he looks up to me as a mom. He's always called me mom. Um, and that's been a, a really huge blessing for me to have that acceptance. I think that sometimes when stepmoms come into the picture, the kids are not at a good age to really accept them. And that's a lot more challenging. So I'd say in my case, meeting my son when he was two and then becoming his stepmother when he was four. Um, it was a really big privilege and blessing for me. I was also really lucky that his mother was accepting of me and allowed us to really grow and build that relationship. I think I hear about a lot of mothers who don't allow that and try to sabotage it. And I feel really blessed that we didn't have that problem. Um, so I had my son for about a year before our daughter Amelia was born. My husband and I were married November 1st of 2012, and we had our daughter Amelia October 13th of 2013. So we celebrated our one-year wedding anniversary with a 19-year-old baby. Um, so we moved fast. <laughs> we were married at 22, which is pretty young. Um, I don't recommend it. Not that things haven't worked out and been beautiful and wonderful, but I would say marriage and children is the absolute hardest, most challenging and difficult thing of my life. Um, I love them more than anything, but it's challenging and it takes a lot of sacrifice. And I think it's important to find yourself before you're in those situations. My husband and I moved fast. Um, everything was fast with us. And we've had to sacrifice and work really, really hard to make that relationship work. So um, anyways, so we had Amelia. And then three years later, I was pregnant with Adeline. Um, so the difference between the two is night and day. Honestly, I kind of expected the same thing, right? So um, I have my son, Gabriel, and obviously I didn't give birth to him. So I didn't have to go through that. Amelia was my first pregnancy. I gave birth to Amelia. I experienced what I would call now baby blues to where 
I think my body was kind of in shock from not sleeping. Um, that was a challenge. You know, I think that's one thing that is so unexpected when you have a baby is the lack of sleep and you assume that it's not going to affect you, but it takes its toll after a while. Um, so that was hard, but with Amelia, you know, we had Amelia and then we had our son, Gabriel and Gabriel is on a 50, 50 schedule. So week to week. And I feel like that was just perfect, right? It wasn't it wasn't too much, you know, it, two kids was plenty. And then when we had Adeline, I just felt so outnumbered and overwhelmed from like the moment she was born, honestly. Um, Adeline was kind of planned. <laughs> That's a whole nother story. I don't want to get too personal now, but she was kind of planned and I'll reference on that more later. So it was expected. Um, I wasn't in any kind of bad situation, right? Like everything's fine. I have my kids. Everybody's healthy, happy. Um, there wasn't any really major stressors going on. I didn't have to work because my husband was making enough money to provide for us, right? So everything is pretty ideal, you know, if you look at it from an outsider's perspective. But as soon as I gave birth to Adeline, it was like something completely changed inside of me. And I I really don't have words. I really, I hate to use the word disconnect because it sounds so terrible coming from a mother, but I was so disconnected, right? So the difference is with Amelia, my seven-year-old daughter, um, I would not allow anybody to take care of her in the middle of the night, right? Like I didn't let her sleep over anywhere. Um, I, I didn't want anybody watching her. I was so attached. Right. And then with Adeline, I was the same way. You know, I didn't let people watch her overnight. I was, I was weird about that, but it got to the point where I had my husband and my daughter, my baby sleep in the loft of our house by themselves because I didn't want nothing to do with the baby at night. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. And that didn't happen until she was a year old. Um, I mean, there's no excuses though. I feel like looking back, it was such a bad thing to do. I pretty much forced my husband and the baby to sleep in the other room because I didn't want to deal with her at night because I was so disconnected and coming from the way I was as a mother with Amelia to the way I was with Adeline. It's so alarming, right? It's like two, you know, two the same, we're the same people, right? Same, same situations, same mom, same dad. I didn't have to work. I didn't have the added stressors, the added pressure. It was so ideal yet. I was so miserable. I was so unhappy and miserable. And I remember feeling guilty. I felt guilty that I was miserable, you know, and I don't think it's fair when women have babies and they struggle that on top of everything else, we're made to feel guilty, right? Because we go on social media, we go on Instagram, 
we see a mom give birth to a baby and it's like four weeks later, she's in a bikini, skinny, perfect, you know, tan, hair just dyed, nails done with the baby on her hip, making it look like nothing's wrong and everything's just perfect. And that's just not reality, right? So that's one thing I really want to discuss and dive deeper into is what are we supposed to do when this happens? Um, my husband and I had no idea what to do and we did the best we could. We didn't, you know, we didn't know what postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety was. Um, when the panic attacks were happening, I don't think either one of us had any clue what to do with that. I would call the advice nurse all the time to talk me off the ledge because I would have panic attacks that were completely uncontrollable. Um, Nothing would be happening, right? It would just all of a sudden, it would happen and there's no explanation. And you just think you're absolutely crazy and you think that something is terribly wrong with you because how does this happen, right? I remember I would think like I must have some kind of disease or something. There must be a tumor growing somewhere or I would have these wacky, crazy thoughts trying to explain why I was having these symptoms, right? And there was no explanation other than I was doing it to myself. And as crazy as that sounds, I was. It was my thought processes. It was that I wasn't drinking enough water and I wasn't getting any rest and I wasn't sleeping and I refused to deal with the root issues that was really going on. Um, not to say that it was my fault because it was absolutely not my fault. And that's something that moms need to hear is that postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, panic attacks, it it is not your fault. Um, doctors still don't even have a good explanation for us. Right. And that's hard because we're looking for an explanation. The explanation is that your body goes through a huge hormonal change. Um, you give birth, right? And they just throw this baby on your breast and they tell you to start breastfeeding and you're just expected to know what to do. And nobody gives you a manual that says, how do I parent, you know, my son who goes back and forth between two homes and how do I parent my toddler who's three and now I have a newborn baby that screams and cries all the time because that's what Addie did doesn't sleep at night. How do I do all this? Right? There's no one answer fits all. Um, but I do wish that I would have asked for help sooner. I think that I got really bitter and resentful because I knew that the people around me knew I was struggling and I wondered why they didn't come and help. Um, But that's not to blame anybody. You know, I feel like if I would have reached out and asked people for help, I would have got it. And when I finally did reach out and ask for help, I did get it. And it came from the most unexpected people. And I still I still have that with these moms. Um, I can still call any of them and I feel like they would come. They would come running for anything I needed. And that's a beautiful thing. It truly is. It's, you know, we live in a world where everybody is angry and hateful and people are upset and and mad about 
everything, right? Politics and the state of the world and coronavirus and everything is just so negative. But when I have these moms on the phone or I'm, you know, chatting with a mom or hanging out with a mom for a play date or whatever, it's like they listen and they care and they're, they're there and they show up for me. And that's what it's all about. Um, so if you are a mom who's struggling right now with any of the things I talked about, please know that you can reach out and you can ask for help and you need to, you know, you really need to. I think that we live in a world where people for one, especially coming from somebody like me, as much as I struggle, I put on a brave face and I suck it up and I act like I have it all figured out and like I have my shit together. Um, and so I think people probably don't even want to suggest helping me because I come off that way. Right. So I think that a lot of us can come off that way where we don't want to look weak and we want to be strong. Um, and it's not going to get you anywhere. It's, it's not, it, it did not get me anywhere and it never has. I feel like when I finally got somewhere in life, it was because I was vulnerable, extremely vulnerable. Um, and in that comes healing and all of us need to heal from things that we don't talk about or things that other people may not know about us. We all have pains and hurts and the more we keep it inside, the more it festers. You know, I've actually seen that recently with a couple people around me where they finally can't hold it in anymore, you know, and some of these people are, are older, they're in their fifties and they've held these things in and covered it up and they've lived their lives pretending like they were okay and they're not. And so my best advice to you is to start now, is to start today, is to find someone that you trust and fully open up to that person and tell them because I guarantee they're not going to turn you away. I think at the end of the day, people want to love on other people and we want to be there for them. I just think that we live in a world where we don't know how to do that anymore. Um, and it's a shame because we need each other. That's one thing I learned through my postpartum depression experience is that I need other people and I can't do this alone and I'll never, ever be able to do it alone. And it's not meant to be alone. So if you're alone in something miserable, you have to speak out. You have to tell someone, you have to call your doctor, you have to, you have to reach out immediately. Don't wait any longer. That's my best advice. That's my first piece of advice is ask for help. It's something I used to really suck at. And it's something I don't suck at anymore because I can't do it. And I can't get burned out all the time and do the same cycle of going really hard and then burning out because I didn't ask for help. Um, and I know that's hard for some people. You know, they think, well, I don't have family in town or I don't have any close friends or, you know, you're really, maybe you're really isolated. And I understand totally because of COVID, right? That that makes everything a lot different. Um, I think things are looking up with COVID and I'm pretty hopeful that things will go back to some sort of normal soon. But even if it's just a friend, one friend that you can call and talk to, um, make that happen. Make that call, make that text, make that happen. So I kind of got off track. Sorry, guys. I just feel really passionate about the postpartum depression and it's really been on my heart. So 
Um, let's see. My next episode... I'm going to try to do my episodes every Tuesdays when I'm going to release them. I plan on doing a couple solo podcasts just for you guys to get to know me a little bit better, um, to hear more about my journey. I plan on talking about my past childhood traumas that I've been through and overcame, um, I plan on talking about mental health. I plan on touching on suicide awareness. Um, Post obviously postpartum depression is a big one. Anxiety and panic attacks is a big one. Um, I am definitely excited to have my husband be a big part of this podcast because I have not mothered alone. I've always had my husband to help me be a better mom and support me on my motherhood journey. Um, So that's really important to me. I plan on having other mothers on the podcast to share their perspectives. I obviously don't know it all. I, you know, I haven't raised a special needs child or twins. Um, I have never been a single mom, right? So we're going to touch on all those different things on this podcast. I'm really excited. I'm really hopeful that this reaches women and can help them. That is the only reason I'm doing it is because I know by sharing my story, other people don't feel so alone. And that's really important to me. Um, So thank you for listening in. I also have an email if you want to email me and send in any questions or comments or just anything you want to say. If you have any topic ideas, that would be awesome. I'm looking for those. Uh, my email is going to be momsontherisenow at gmail.com. I'm in the process of making an Instagram page and a Facebook page too. So there's more to come. Thank you so much for listening in. Sorry that I'm kind of all over the place, but I'm going to figure this thing out. All right. Thanks, guys.